Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on August the 10th, 2022. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communication and Marketing Department. Today, I'm excited to talk with our colleague in Virginia, Associate Analyst, Washington Policy, Alex Anderson. Alex and I will be discussing the major global themes that investors are digesting as they make their investment decisions. Welcome to the Advantage Investor, Alex. Thanks for taking the time today. I hope you've had a good summer so far. Thank you for that introduction, Chris. Uh, yep, we've had a fairly uncharacteristic flurry of activity here in DC, so I'm sure we have a lot to discuss. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's jump right in. As you said, we got a lot to discuss. Uh, a lot going on in the world. We'll start here in North America. Um, the one headline that caught my attention that's probably not really affecting things is uh, Italy kicking Domino's Pizza out. I'm not. I'm sure. I'm sure that's not really affecting things in in terms of a major uh, North American policy situation. But it's. Uh, I found it sort of interesting. But uh, let's get let, let's get a little more serious on the policy side of things in the U.S. Um, we know as uh, you know Canadians keen uh, watchers of America. You know a lot going on there with uh, President Biden trying to get his ad- agenda do, um, forwarded out. Uh, things like the Chips Act and a, and a buyback tax. So maybe you can just uh, cover some of the uh, legislature legislation that's uh, going through Washington right now and how that might affect things. Sure, we, we've seen two significant pieces of legislation uh, that have been formulated for months, if, if not years, now get across the finish line in, in recent weeks. Uh, the first one being the, the Chips and Science Act, which is broadly a uh, semiconductor incentives bill that has two key components. Uh, one of them being a grant program for semiconductor manufacturing facilities in DC, and the other one being a new tax credit, a permanent tax credit for the expansion of facilities and uh, purchase of equipment. Um, so that's now signed into law and that'll be kicking into effect as soon as this year. Uh, the second piece is the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the slimmed down reconciliation bill, which has been worked on in the House and Senate for, for over a year at this point. Um, and that contains a lot of different healthcare policy changes, clean energy production incentives, and, and tax policy. So that's broadly where we are as we head into the midterm election season. And these are big wins, I, I would imagine. Um, as you mentioned, that's been going on for a year, and we, you know, we've heard of, uh, we've all become keenly aware, I believe, of Senator Manchin uh, in uh, in his district. So. Um, these these have to be considered positive, even though they're not maybe necessarily what people on the left wanted fully. They're definitely key priorities for the Democrats in terms of delivering on President Biden's domestic agenda. As you said, the difficulty in this process is that Democrats have dealt with extraordinary difficult margins in both the House and, and Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Senate is deadlocked at a 50-50 tie, which makes getting policy through extremely difficult because you essentially have to meet the policy preferences of every single senator who has veto power on ultimate legislation. And Democrats have a very small majority in, in the House, which makes the, the room for error there very small in terms of finalizing these major pieces. So overall, it's been a bit of a, a period in terms of a, developing these legislation. There's been a lot of negotiation. Uh, there's been a lot of back and forth between both the White House and, and the Congress. But ultimately, uh, these legislations will be considered wins, uh, political wins for both Democrats and the Biden administration as we gear up for midterms. And how does that, like, so in terms of midterms, what are you guys uh, foreseeing in terms of how, you know, that all shakes out? Uh, there's a lot of different cross currents here. Uh, if we just look at the, the most recent sort of developments here, uh, we do see a, an uptick in momentum behind Democrats, particularly delivering on the legislative wins, as we mentioned. Uh, but we need to consider the historical context. 
Uh, we're in the, the first term of a presidency. Uh, this is uh, a period where there's typically a referendum on the party in power. Um, we typically see the party in power lose 23 seats in the, in the House of Representatives. Um, there's elections across both the House and Senate, but the House is entirely up for election, every single member, every single seat, uh, while the Senate only has select seats uh, based on the class and the time frame in which they were elected. Uh, but in, in recent periods, what we've seen losses higher. Um, if, uh, for example, during President Obama's first term, uh, with high uh, disapproval ratings in terms of the direction of the country, uh, the Democrats saw a loss of, of 64 House seats. Uh, in 2018, the midterm election cycle under President Trump, uh, there was a loss of 42 seats for Republicans. And we're reading at near historic level of uh, disapproval in terms of the direction of the country right now. Uh, so our, our base case is that we do see a changeover in control of Washington. Um, primarily, the, the House uh, Republicans are probably set to pick up the House, but the, the bigger, bigger battleground will be the Senate, which uh, key races will determine control of that chamber. Okay. Now, as we start looking further out, um, uh, Speaker Pelosi landed in uh, Taiwan, which has uh, led to some military exercises in that general area. Um, so in terms of U.S., Taiwan, China, and that mess, um, in 20 seconds, Alex, can you solve the situation? Probably not, I, I would guess, but maybe you can just give us um, how the, the implication in terms of markets and long-term, in terms of these um, you know, geopolitical relations are going. Sure. I, I think the general setup is we're in a really turbulent period with the political draft backdrop, uh, particularly as we approach key political catalysts in both the U.S. and China. Uh, in the U.S., as we've discussed, we're heading toward the midterm election cycle, uh, which will see uh, political messaging and actions taken uh, in support of Taiwan. Uh, and on the side of the Chinese government, uh, we're approaching a party congress in November that is likely to see uh, their leader, Xi Jinping, um, selected for another third term uh, as the country's leader. Uh, so yeah, that setup really supports escalatory rhetoric, uh, potentially some of the more expansionary actions that we've seen uh, China take with regard to military exercises to portray strength. And, and there are other speed bumps uh, ahead, likely, that will uh, determine the ultimate trajectory of the relationship. But uh, there are planned meetings uh, currently. Uh, we'll see if those hold between uh, Biden and Xi, uh, which can serve as uh, off ramps and, and release valves for some of these tensions. Now, next, uh, well, not next, but maybe the major uh, political situation out there, Ukraine, Russia, um, energy, a big part of this. Um, uh, it's hotter than the surface of the sun, basically in Toronto right now. So we don't think about heating the winter, but Europe will need this. Um, so maybe just discuss, you know, what the end game is and how is this affecting energy policy in Europe? Uh, toward the end of the year, we're going to see a potential catalyst with an impact on the uh, supply of oil with some restrictions on financing and insuring for Russian exports of oil. Um, so that'll be a consideration as we head toward the end of the year. Um, generally, that, that'll be a time frame where Russia's leverage is highest in terms of energy supply. So really, the next few months and heading toward uh, the end of the year will, will be a significant period in terms of that conflict. Now, um, someone once mentioned to me that if you're making decisions based on the front page of the newspaper, you're too late. It's really important to look further back in the newspaper towards that story that's coming towards the front. I believe that was Don Cox, an analyst up here that originally said that. Um, and so what's keeping you up at night, which maybe the general population isn't yet considering? What are, what, what are some of the big potential 
conflicts geopolitically or otherwise that might affect markets moving forward? Sure. There are a few things that I'm thinking of, uh, two related to the Russia-Ukraine war and one related to China. Uh, on the front of China, uh, we're seeing more and more concern over the potential of an accident uh, related to military maneuvering in the Taiwan Strait, uh, particularly that in the current backdrop leads to escalatory actions, uh, which spirals and has impact on, on markets. Um, the two related to Russia and Ukraine, I think, are uh, something that we have seen in the headlines, but hasn't really um, had the sort of impact yet, but it, it continues to be a risk is uh, fighting around some of the nuclear power plants in Ukraine, uh, which threatens a potential environmental disaster. Um, those threats and the, the potential for escalation there is something that we've seen Russia really lean on in terms of gray zone actions. And I think it's important to remember that Ukraine does border for NATO nations and environmental disasters aren't contained to borders. Mm -hmm. uh, something were to happen in, in terms of an environmental disaster tied to Ukraine, uh, the impact on the broader continent and NATO nations is something that needs to be considered from an escalatory perspective. Uh, finally, I, I think uh, the trajectory of the war in Ukraine generally, uh, in recent days, we, we've seen Ukraine's president and that uh, the end game for Ukraine may be a liberation of the Crimean Peninsula, which Russia now considers its territory. Um, that's something that I think would be a, a risky proposition from the angle that uh, a lot of the legitimacy of Russia's leadership is now viewed to the annexation of Crimea. And if that's under threat and Russia's seen as, as losing the war in Crimea specifically, uh, what that means in terms of uh, Putin's decision-making and the decision-making of Russia's uh, leaders generally in terms of the escalation potential tied to that conflict. Uh, mm -hmm. So an important things on, on the horizon to look out for, especially uh, from a market impact. Now, it's good also to remind investors at this point that if you look at any year, there's always potential for bad news. But... Um, you know, that chart goes from the bottom left to the bottom right over a historical perspective. So for investors, it's really important to make sure you're positioned comfortably for yourself and your risk tolerances, knowing that stuff always happens and can negatively affect um, markets and investments, I, get, I think is a, a fair statement. Uh, would you agree with that? That's right. Okay, cool. Well, Alex, I want to thank you for taking your time today, uh, sharing your expertise uh, and insights with the Advantage Investor listeners. Hope you'll come back again. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Subscribe to The Advantage Investor on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. On behalf of Raymond James and The Advantage Investor Podcast, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well. podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.